This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 26, 2016. I'm Caleb Brown. Bernie Sanders and others point to Denmark, Sweden, and Norway as countries with policies the U.S. should emulate. But in his new book, Debunking Utopia, Exposing the Myth of Nordic Socialism, Nima Sanandaji argues that the data on Nordic success is more nuanced. We spoke last week. The American left likes to point to uh, Sweden and more recently, as you say, Denmark as models for reform within the United States, saying that uh, democratic socialism or whatever you want to call it, large welfare states with a capitalist engine uh, running things is a great model because look at these wonderful outcomes that we get, low, low poverty, low income inequality, uh, re- relatively longer lifespans, and, and all this with massive government spending on all manner of social welfare. Yeah. So you argue that that is completely uh, misguided. Some, some ways the things that they're pointing to are irrelevant, and some ways they're just flat out wrong. I'm saying that they misunderstand Nordic success. So the basic is I've been writing um, on this theme for a number of years now, and my my work has been translated to many languages and it's gaining a lot of international attention. And it's doing that because um, the left internationally is using the Nordic countries as the main argument for why big government and socialism works. But the problem is that they don't understand Nordic success. Look, if you just look at it very simplistic, they have a great argument. Because if you look at uh, international rankings of which country is good to live in, which country has a long lifespan, and so on, the Nordic countries come on top. And they say, look at this. That's fantastic. Let's have their social democratic system. Now, a very common argument is that, uh, like I think National Public Radio has done, many others have done, Bernie Sanders does, is to say, look, the Danes live one and a half years longer than Americans. They have a big socialized medical system. They have a lot of government support if you're sick, welfare support. Okay, let's, you know, increase our taxes to Denmark's level, have their welfare system, and we live one and a half years longer. Fantastic trade-off. Okay, maybe it is. But in my book, Debunking Utopia, Exposing the Myth of Nordic Socialism, I systematically show how these arguments are wrong. So let, let me explain. In 1960, Denmark had a lower tax level than the United States. Denmark was a small government system, very free markets, very low taxes. In 1960, the lifespan difference was 2.4 years, much larger. And, you know, if you say this argument to Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, people who really idealize Nordic societies as the best role model, they don't have an answer. And it's not only Denmark, all the Nordic countries I show in the Banking Utopia had bigger lifespan difference compared to the U.S. before the introduction of a big welfare state. And today, the Nordic country with, with uh, the longest lifespan is Iceland. And Iceland is a Nordic country which has the smallest welfare state. And it's, it's not a climate. It's a country on ice. It's a country that reminds of Mordor. It's a volcanic wasteland on ice. It's not a climate. It's a culture. It's, it's basically Vikings on ice. They take long hikes. They eat fish. They go fishing for whale meat. They don't drink a lot of alcohol. They're, they're careful not to eat a lot of sugars. 
And then Denmark, with the lowest life expectancy among the Nordic countries, has the highest tax level in the world. Now, I know some libertarians, conservatives would say that is because, you know, they have so socialized medicine, they just go and drink alcohol and smoke. They say government will take care of me. I don't believe that. I think that's an exaggeration. But obviously, if you look at the facts, Nordic countries actually went down relatively in lifespan when moving to the big welfare state. And, and the smallest welfare state in the Nordic countries has the highest lifespan. The country with the biggest welfare state has the lowest lifespan in the region. So the arguments don't hold up for scrutiny. So there are arguments that are made that uh, these are cases in which the American left would not point to uh, some of these countries, which is labor regulation. Yeah. So what are the differences between the U.S. and uh, these Nordic countries when it comes to regulation of the labor market? Oh, interesting question. Nordic countries overall, I mean, like Sweden has a quite strict labor regulation, and we have very high unemployment levels, a lot of hidden unemployment as well. Uh, Denmark has very free markets, very free labor markets, and they're doing much better at um, job creation, much better at giving uh, youth and immigrants jobs. So absolutely, you could learn from a Danish lesson of free labor markets. And the funny thing about Denmark is Bernie Sanders and many, many leftists, their ideal country is Denmark. Well, here's a few facts for you. First of all, Denmark has the same index of freedom score as the United States. I mean, why? They have the highest tax on the planet. Yes, but they compensate. They compensate by having free markets in every other area. Secondly, the Danish prime minister recently came to Harvard University, and he said to the students, stop saying you're socialists. We're not socialists. We're a market economy. And, but the funniest thing, I'd love to say this to Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders just to see what they say. The previous government in Denmark was run by the Social Democrats. Now, you know what the Social Democrat government of Denmark said to their people? They started a nationwide debate about the need to have a new welfare contract. Their uh, Minister of Finance said, we have to replace a welfare state with a competition state. Basically, he said, we can't have this, that people are living off government, that the incentives of work are limited. We have to have a new system. People have to st uh, start relying more on themselves than on the government. And this is a team in Nordic countries that for like two, three decades, all of them have been moving towards freer markets, less government, less generous welfare, and so on. Denmark recently, last few days, they said we're going to uh, propose to drastically reduce the generosity of welfare uh, support for people who have come to Denmark recently drastically uh, cutting the generosity of the welfare state. That's what's happening in Nordic countries. But I mean, nobody, but in America, the left is pushing to introduce a democratic style Nordic socialism, uh, which um, in the Nordics, this system hasn't had much support for many decades now. The period from the early 70s to the early 1990s, we are no longer in that period. But are, is the American left pointing to those years yeah, as, yeah. as the years that we need to emulate? Which is, well, yeah. What happened to the economy of Sweden during that time? Okay, so Sweden is interesting. I, I explained in Debunking Utopia, uh, exposing the myth of Nordic socialism, that Sweden had 
four periods of economic development. And if you're interested in how welfare state affects the economy, you should read the book, buy the book. Because I think Sweden had a very free market, almost libertarian period from around 1817 to the mid-1930s. Minimal government. And Sweden was in many ways more market-oriented than the U.S. Because when the Great Depression came, Sweden and other Nordic nations did not introduce the New Deal. They relied on free markets and entrepreneurship. And that was a much better recipe than than what America followed. So during this period, Sweden has uh, the best economic development in the industrialized world, right? And they have fantastic social development. Poverty reduction happens. Um, They live longer lives. They get better welfare before big government. Then the social democrats start dominating Swedish politics. But until around 1970, they were pretty mild. They didn't do much to, you know, hinder the free market. They didn't raise taxes too much. Around 1970, the social democrats really tried to introduce socialism. They raised the taxes massively by hiding the tax level. I have a chapter about this. The entire strategy was hide the true burden of government. And Sweden is the only Nordic country that actually experimented with socialism during this period, 1970 to 91, perhaps. And it was a catastrophe, absolute catastrophe. Even the socialists in Sweden don't refer to this period as being successful. And after that followed a a period of free markets again, where again Sweden went from stagnation to rapid growth, right? So one Nordic country during like 20 years experimented with third world socialism. It was a massive disappointment, in every way a massive disappointment. People's wages didn't grow. The government fooled people by taxing them without letting them know that taxes were raised 1% each year. A lot of entrepreneurs left the country. We didn't have new, you know, innovative businesses. We had massive stagnation. And this small period of massive uh, failure is seen by the left internationally as the best economic role model to follow, which I think is pretty crazy. Is that view shared by Scandinavians, that this was a disaster? Yeah, it is. It seems clear then that the American left people who promote this as a a model for economic reform aren't talking to those people. They are not. But one thing I show in in Debunking Utopia is that you have to factor, uh, factor in culture. And people don't do this. People, you know, let me just uh, give you the, a very brief um, explanation of this. I compare the Nordic American people with the Nordics. And uh, there are like 12 million Nordic Americans, which is more than any individual Nordic country's population. Now, the Nordic Americans are the descendants of the poor people from countries like Sweden, those who didn't have land, those who were starving left for America. So you might think they're less successful than their cousins, the Nordics. You might expect that. Now, as I show in Debunking Utopia, Nordic Americans have 50% higher living standard than their cousins in the Nordics. But what would really shock people like Bernie Sanders is that they have also much better social outcomes. Their unemployment level is almost half of that than in the Nordics. Their high school dropout rates is several times lower. And shockingly, their poverty levels is much lower than than in the Nordic countries. So if you want to have Nordic-style social success, 
have a lot of income equality, have low poverty, have long lifespans, all of that. Look no further. You have it in America, among the Nordic Americans, which is actually funny because why hasn't anybody said this clearly before? Well, nobody has really done the work on this before I started, but Milton Friedman, this genius, he made a, a very brief comment about this. Many years ago, uh, uh, somebody told him in Sweden, you know, in Sweden, we have no poverty. He said, in, in America, among Swedes, we, Scandinavians, we don't have any poverty. And I basically followed up that, that argument. And it's very important argument to understand the limits of government. Government doesn't create all social good. Much of social good is created through people's own, you know, self-reliance and the norms and the culture they have. We spoke briefly about labor markets before. Uh, Scandinavian countries have had differing experiences with respect to assimilating immigrants into their labor markets. What have been the experiences of those countries and what lessons should Americans take from those countries? Well, one point is, of course, that Denmark with a free labor market is better at assimilating immigrants than the other Nordic countries. Although Denmark has a problem with very low incentives to work. Now, I'm an immigrant to Sweden. I grew up with welfare support and all of that. And one, when I grew up, actually, my mother, when she worked, we didn't get any more money. And we couldn't take summer jobs because then they just cut our welfare by the same amount. So I've written like more than 100 policy reports in Sweden. One of them, two of them, actually, I'm so proud of was I wrote about the need to have a system where there's at least some incentives to work for welfare families. And the Swedish center-right government actually introduced that policy and they credited me for their uh, ideas. So, I mean, now there is some incentives to work. But uh, the thing is that the low incentives to work, the labor market regulations, all of that stuff, the high taxes, they're trapping immigrant families and some, some, some Nordic families, but most immigrant families, in welfare dependency. And there's an age-long debate. Can there ever be such a thing as too much welfare? Can welfare be so generous that it's harming the poor? And in debunking utopia, exposing the myth of Nordic socialism, one of the things I do is I gather up a lot of research which, beyond any doubt, beyond any doubt, shows that Nordic countries have so much welfare that the welfare is hurting the poor. And this welfare dependency translates from one generation to another. And this is real research, which, you know, separates cause from correlation. Now, why is this important? Well, if you follow Swedish news, if you just follow this week's Swedish news, cars are being burned. Cars are being burned. Um, police is being attacked. Sexual harassment. Ambulance is being attacked. Uh, you know, buses are being attacked by youth in these uh, marginalized immigrant communities. Now, many people would say this shows that Muslim immigration to Europe can't work. Well, I say the most, most important thing is that the people who would otherwise, many of them would be, you know, well-functioning middle-class families, have been trapped in welfare dependency. And when you do this with entire communities, you get a lot of social problems. And when you have the Swedish um, leftist mentality, whenever, you know, somebody burns a car, they say, ah, oh, we should build a new youth activity hall to add to all of the existing youth activity halls. You're basically saying, go ahead, burn the cars. So this um, leftist progressive attitude 
I have sympathy for it. They're trying to be nice. They're trying to help people. But what they're doing by trying to be so helpful is destroying people's ability to govern themselves. And it's creating massive, massive social tension. So I think this is important. If you want to help the poor, sure, you can have some welfare. You can have pay for education, for example. That's a good idea. But having this kind of welfare system, you're hurting the poor. And I really think if you buy a debunking utopia, it's selling well now. I'm trying to promote it a bit. But if you do buy it, I mean, a lot of libertarians and conservatives have read this book or are buying it. That's fine. I actually would like the middle ground people, even the liberals, reading it. Because it's full of facts and research, not that much opinion. And the most striking thing is that too much welfare actually hurts the poor. If you read it, if you just look through it, I don't think you can miss that point. And that point is so important. So the main two points are culture explains Nordic success. All of this Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama talk about the Nordic countries being so superior. Sure, their culture is superior. And the welfare state has gradually been grinding down this culture of hard work, this culture of, you know, self-reliance. There's a, you know, have you seen the TV series Sopranos? Sure. You remember the guy Sil? Oh, come on. The advisor, Tony's advisor. Yes. Who does um, impressions of Godfather. That actor is doing a TV series in Norway. Actually, he did. He, he did the last season. And the, the theme is that he's a mafia. He's basically sealed from The Sopranos, right? And he escapes uh, to, uh, and goes to uh, witness protection. So he goes to Lillehammer in Norway. And every episode of this TV series, which is hugely popular in Norway, makes fun of the overly generous Norwegian welfare state and how it's destroying people's you know, working ethics and self-reliance. Every episode very funnily makes, you know, just makes fun of it. Because in Norway, which has so much oil, Norway has so much oil money that they are the only Nordic country clinging to this idea that welfare should be very, very generous. They can afford it by, with oil money, but it's destroying the social fabric of society because it's not only marginalized groups, immigrants, etc., who are becoming trapped, completely trapped in welfare dependency. Many normal Norwegians, middle-class Norwegians, they're like, okay, why should I work? And uh, I read an article, The Confessions of a Welfare-Dependent uh, Person. It's just horrible. He explains, you know, I'm a, I'm a guy from a good family, smart guy. I could be working. I could be starting a business. I could be doing amazing things. I'm just freeloading on a system, as are my friends, because why should we work? And people become depressed. People don't feel good. I think this is amazing to follow the Nordic countries and their experience. It really shows you that if you want to have a good culture where people feel well, where they live long lives, where they're equal, all of that, you need two things in place. Free markets and a system that rewards work and a culture that tells people, work hard, work hard, go into nature, eat fish, take long hikes. This, I mean, it's not a fun culture being a Protestant Nordic. It's a very brutal culture, you know, don't have any fun, go and work. But it creates social success. And that culture was evolved over generations in these harsh, unforgiving countries when people had private property and limited or any welfare support. Now, Nordic success 
evolved during a period when they had small welfare states. And by small welfare states, I mean they had lower taxes than the U.S. is currently having. I do believe that a small welfare state was successful. I do believe that they created social success by having uh, publicly funded education for all people in Sweden. But then again, the problem is that the school system of Sweden was, to begin with, very conservative. You know, you should study hard. Then it became Marxist. And now uh, no country has had as much falling school results as Sweden because they have all this leftist idea in the education system. So in many ways, the Nordic countries have been ruining their social success by overly relying on welfare policies. My book, Debunking Utopia, Exposing the Myth of Nordic Socialism, is often uh, referred to by libertarians and conservatives. But I actually think that it's good read for the people who are pro-welfare state, but they should realize the limits of welfare state policies. Nima Sanandaji is author of Debunking Utopia, Exposing the Myth of Nordic Socialism. Subscribe to this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and with Cato's iOS app, and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.